0: How's it going, everybody? My name is Rex Shege. I am the host and founder of King's Tales, the podcast series where we help others transform their trauma into triumph. On today's episode, I have a very special guest joining me. Um, he is a entrepreneur, an entrepreneur and author. Um, he's a bunch of things. But um today we are going to be interviewing uh Mr. Kentre Bailey. Um there's when I was going over his bio, there's a uh, This man has a very powerful testimony and he's overcome a lot to get to where he is now. Um, I could do the bio, but I believe that it it would do more justice if he were to introduce himself. So without further ado, I'll yield the floor to you, Mr. Bailey. Um, Tell us a little
1: bit about yourself. Uh, So, My name is Kentray Bailey. I was formerly incarcerated for 59 years, but by the grace of God, I only served 10 years. Um, While I was incarcerated, I wrote seven books. I created my own clothing line. And, you know, I just, since I've been out of prison, I started my own podcast and my whole goal is just to put that positivity in the world, man, and try to change as many lives as possible. Because I know and understand that, you know, nowadays there's so much negativity, like from the music to the violence on the streets. And, you know, I was once a part of that when I was a, a teenager, so I know and understand how serious it is so now instead of being a part of the negative i'm trying to push that positive force after overcoming what i overcame and allow some of the individuals who are going down the path that i once went on to escape that route by listening to my story and understanding what i had to overcome because i i learned that you don't necessarily have to go through something to learn like you can learn from somebody else's mistakes so i just want to put my story out there man and you know, try to encourage and motivate as many people as possible to try to make this world a better place.
0: Very, very well said. Um, As you guys heard, um, Mr. Kendra Bailey was – he was originally supposed to be uh, serving a 59-year sentence, but by the grace of God, you know, he was able to only serve 10, and now he's honestly hit the ground running as, you know, with this new life that he's been given – so, um, you know, t- the topic of today is, you know, the importance of overcoming adversity. Um, you know, you, you went a little bit into it, but um, tell us a little bit more about your story. Like, how did, how, did, how did you end up in the situation that you
1: were in? All right, so, you know, back in 2011, I was hit with several charges. I was hit with abduction, malicious maiming, three counts of useful firearm, and robbery. So I won't go too deep into the story because, you know, there's still any, other individuals fighting it. And there's also somebody who was a victim in the situation. So to pay respect mm. to them, I won't go too deep into the story. Absolutely. But that, I was incarcerated and I was charged with these crimes. So when I reached the jail, of course, the first thing you do is call home. So I called my mother, explained to her what's going on. You know, my mother, she's a, a woman of faith. So. The you know, first thing she said, "Don't worry about it, baby. God got us." So that's what I'm standing on. God got us. As days go on, you know, I'm talking to my lawyer, explaining to my lawyer about my alibis and my whereabouts the night that the uh, situation occurred and things of that nature. And you know, my lawyer telling me, like, "Okay, we got a good case. Everything is going to be good." So at that time, you know, I'm standing on my faith because you know I grew up in the church as well, but I kind of black. I was, I wouldn't say forced in the church. But you know, you know how your parents, you pray. Know I know what you mean. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, it wasn't a choice for me to go to church. I just went with my mother. So I knew who God was and things of that nature. But I never really experienced, like, a miracle from God. So it was always, okay, God is good when things are going good. But when things are bad, like, where is God? You know what I'm saying? So I didn't really know him, but I knew him. Did it like that. So, yeah, um, I'm on my knees praying. The first trial. It's like it's a two-day trial, so I go over there, praying, praying. They don't come to a decision that day. So when I get back mm-hmm. to the block, yeah, they don't come to a decision. I like took a jury trial, so they, they don't come to a decision okay. that day. So when I go back to the block, I call my mom. My mom tell me that a lady, a church lady, told her that she seen me coming out of prison. Well, not coming out of prison, coming out of the jail, walking from the courtroom, with no shackles on my hands. So, you no, know oh. I'm like, man, I'm like, listen, like, I'm praying to God. Like, that that may be a sign from God. So, I'm like, all right. So, I go back the next day. I'm super confident. Like, I know I'm going to beat it. It didn't happen that way. Guilty. Well, now nah, I'm lying. You no, know, it wasn't guilty the first trial, it was, okay. a, miss, it was a mistrial. Oh. So, boom, they tried me again. But they don't try me again. They tried me again like three months after that. So I'm devastated because I'm like this woman that's told my mom, you know, I'm believing in what the Bible is saying, things of that nature. So I'm like, God sent this woman to tell my mom this. And she said I was going to be coming home tomorrow and I didn't come home. Why am I not coming home? Mm. So I didn't see the blessing in the mistrial. I'm thinking like I'm supposed to be coming home and I'm not home. Yeah. So crushed. Crushed. Go back to the block, man. Talking to the guys. They uplift me like, man, listen, it wasn't a guilty verdict. You know, it was a hung jury. Like, you still got a fighting chance. So I get my faith back up. Yeah. Go back to court like three months later. Go back to court. You know, the same thing. They doing a the little dance, man. Pitting their evidence, which was nothing. Um, going through the whole process of the court. Long story short, man, I get found guilty on that trial. Wow. Found guilty. And the jury recommends 59 years. It's so, like when you, take a, when you take a jury trial, you can, when the jury find you guilty, when the jury find you guilty, they got to recommend a certain sentence. And it's up to the judge whether he accept that sentence, lower or higher, whatever. He, he got the power to do whatever he want to do. Yeah, The jury recommended that 59 years. That didn't mean that I had 59 years. That just meant that that's what they recommend. Mm-hmm. So hearing that 59 years, man, to be honest, it, it took me to a low point, man, a low place in my life. I've never been that low Ever in life, yeah. I get back to the block. Like honestly, I don't want to eat. I don't want to talk to nobody. Like I'm not really calling home. I'm in a a unstable. I'm in an unstable space right now. I'm saying because it's something that I never really experienced before, and you don't understand how real it is or how precious life is until somebody tried to snatch it away from you. Wow. So you know, I go back to the block. Of course, I call my mom first person I call once I get myself together. Absolutely. She's a woman of faith, so she tells me, like, keep trusting in God. That's Every time I tell her, that's what she tells me. Keep trusting in God. No matter how hard it gets, always trusting God, always believing God. But me, I'm not trying to hear that at this time. Right. I'm like, man. You just got like, to <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> we talk that. Yeah, like... Like, we talk about God all the time. Like, every day we talk about God, and I don't see no results. So why um... should I continue to listen to you talking about this God that you say is so good, but I'm only receiving negative results. Like I don't see any, I don't see any sign of God right now. So yeah. I'm shutting all conversations down about God. Like I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear nothing about him. Fast forward, we go back to court to see if the judge, to see if the judge is going to accept the 59 years or not. And he does. He accepted 59 years. Send me back to the block. Wow. So at this point, I'm like, man, I'm bugging out for real. Like, I'm like, man, listen, I got a, I got 59 years. Like, it's kinda hard to explain how I felt. It was like a numbing feeling. Yeah. Like when he said that he accept that 59 year sentence, it was a numbing feeling. Like I didn't really feel anything once he said it. But once I got back to the block and processed it, that's when it hit me. So I'm telling I broke down like 59 years, like that's my life. So this is my life in here. Basically, these right. sales and these four walls, this is what I'm gonna see for the rest of my life. Wow. It was it was a devastating time, man. So of course the lawyer come back and see me. Like even though we lost, man, we still got a fighting, we still got fighting chance. We got these appeals. Right. Like we good, man. Just keep your faith. We good. I'm like, ah, right, that's what's up. So fast forward, I get moved from the county jail to the regional jail. I was, I, honestly out of my mind, man, fighting, doing a whole bunch of irrelevant activities, man. Because I'm hurt, you know what I'm saying? That's oh yeah, rightfully so. Do. Yeah, I'm hurt, so I'm just, I'm feeding into everything that's going on around me. So I get moved to another jail, go down there. After that jail, I get shipped to Virginia Beach jail, which is across the water. Wow. I get like, I'm just keep getting transferred to ship me there. Then it ship me back to the reading of jail. Now I'm in prison, power time receiving. So while I'm in power time receiving, you know, I'm talking to my lawyer. We trying to go over certain strategies to get my appeal done. So we're picking the first appeal. Of course, I called my mom, even though I told her I don't want to hear nothing about God, she continued to push it on me. Getting straight Listen, That's what they doing not, <laughs> do. Exactly. God may not come when you want him to, be always on time. Just trust him. Of course, I, I don't really want to hear it, but I'm listening, though. Mm-hmm. Because I know and understand that, you know, just because things don't go your way right now, things can change in the future. So I'm not just shutting them out completely. I just don't want to feed into the conversation myself. But I'm yes. listening to what they got to say, you know what I'm saying? So I'm processing Absolutely. everything. So, um, yeah, I get the power to receive Him. man. We're going through the. Process, we're going through the process of the whole appeal situation. First appeal denied. I get the paper in the mail. I'm talking about I get the paper in the mail. I see it. First appeal denied. All right, cool. I got two more chances though. So I get shipped from Palatine receiving to River North Correctional Facility. Up there is basically it's all gangs and organizations. Like That's why they send all the gang members. And all the like Muslims and five percenters, everybody up there to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Wow, bro! I go up there. It's not. A, it's not as hard as it seems though. You know, as long as you mind your business, nobody's gonna bother you or nothing of that nature. So, okay, I get in there. I run across a few people who believed in what I once believed in, which was the power of God. You know what I'm saying? So, I get in the group with these people. And they encouraged me. They up, they uplifting my faith. They tell me, that, man, listen, God got you. I see you coming home. God got you, man. Just keep your faith. Keep doing what you're doing. Stay out of the way. Don't catch no crazy infractions, which are charges. Don't allow these people to bury you. You know what I'm saying? Well, don't bury yourself by coming in here man. doing irrelevant things. You know what I'm saying? So yes, sir. After, after he told me that, I started thinking more, like, my whole person my whole perspective changed because I learned that sometimes the people will allow you to bury yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even though I got a good case, if I'm in here committing crimes and doing acts of violence, they can Mm -hmm. use that against me when I go to court. So these, I actually want to thank them brothers, man, because they actually sharpened me up a lot mentally. So yeah, I get there. Now I'm back praying. I'm back reading my Bible. I'm back. I'm back believing in God again. Not to the point that I believe a miracle can happen, but I'm believing that I'm not going to do this 59 years. Right. So, continue talking to my lawyer. He tell me about the second appeal, how the certain things we've got to do and how how everything is going to play out. And I'm like, all right, cool. So, i enough get forget, I'm on the basketball court, shooting basketball. So, the counselor, she comes to the door and called me in. So, when the counselor calls you, even that's it's bad news, either somebody passing your family, or something like that, or it's something dealing with the courts. So me, I'm, I'm thinking like, all right, something First dealing case with scenario me. now. Yeah, I'm like, all right, cool. I go in there, she just hand me the letter, and I walk out. I will not even go back to the basketball court. I go to my cell, open the letter. First the word I seen was denied in bold letters, denied. So I'm <laughs> like, man, like, come on, guy. Like, I'm doing everything you're telling me to do. I'm believing in you. Um, I have faith. I mean, the Bible says like, all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. The mustard, mustard seed, seed. Gl- mm-hmm. literally, literally Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like a grain of sand. Exactly. So I'm like, my faith is bigger than that. Like, why? Why is my situation changing? Mm. I hear, I hear nothing. So I'm devastated again, man. Stuck in the cell. I'm ready to wild out, but I got enough sense to understand that if I do this, my life is over. If I feed into what the devil's pushing my way. Uh, my life is over so i gotta be smart enough to go through my pain embrace my pain and still keep my mental you know what i'm saying yeah doing what i'm doing daily so you know it hurt but that blow didn't necessarily hurt as much as the other ones because i was i was getting equipped to it it's like when you get disappointed so many times man you become you become hardened, like numb to certain you're
0: talking factors. good right now brother yeah real. so
1: you know um it hurt me, but it didn't really hurt as much as the other ones did. Mm-hmm. So like, I call my lawyer, like, man, look, it's not my appeal. He's like, yeah, I know I just got the letter. You no, know we got one more left. So I'm like, all right, man, listen. Like, We really got to put our all in this appeal because I feel like you're not putting your... I'm, I'm not feeling like you putting your all in these things because I'm reading the mm-hmm. paperwork. And it's like you, you just putting down anything. Like, are you a, a peer lawyer? Cause, you know, you got some lawyers that go to fight going trial, you got some lawyers that fight on appeal. Some can do both. Some ask them like, are you a a lawyer that fight on appeals? Cause we are not getting no results. Like we, we should been to have results. So they tell me, like man, listen, everything's good. I'm gonna put this, I'm gonna put this petition together. We're gonna get you out. Alright, cool. Long story short, man, my third appeal denied again. So now <laughs> Man, I'm like, man, all right, so that's where I'm, I'm going to be at? All right, cool. I get shipped to, while well, we get into it with some officers, because a certain situation happened in the pod, man, where the officers were basically playing around, taking people, uh, items and not giving us confiscation forms and things of that nature. So wow. basically, we just, it wasn't a ride, but we just stood on what we believed in and didn't lock down. Mm-hmm. So that action caused me to get shipped to the highest prison in Virginia, which was Royal Onion State Prison. Up there, it was 20, it wasn't 23 and 1 anymore. It was like maybe 24. Like, you may get four hours of record day. So um, mm-hmm. I get up there. I'm in the cell more than I usually am. So I got more time to think and process things and learn things. Oh, you know, and I got more time to study myself. You know a lot of times when we get in certain situations, we lose our and we want to study books and study history, yeah, but the first thing we should be studying is who we are, you know what I'm saying, so you know yeah, that. and, and so that's why that's what I began doing. I began studying myself and I began learning things about myself that I didn't know, and it got me to a point where I was sharp. where I started reading books on Ruben Hurricane Carter and Anthony Pop and people like that who was incarcerated. And they found a way to get their story out there and potentially get released. So I'm like, all right, if they can do it, I can do it. Like, their story ain't no different from mine. Maybe the charge is different, but we are human. So if they can get out, I can get out. Mm-hmm. So I start thinking strategically. I'm like, all right, how can I get my story out here? Because my story was already around my way, but that's not big enough. You got to get your story out in order to get help. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how can I get my story out there? The first thing that popped in my, my mind was writing a book. I'm like, all right, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna write a book. It's so my first. Had book, you written a
0: book before that?
1: Nah, never. Wow, <laughs> never. So my first book, I named it "Mistaken Identity." So what I basically what I did was, I put everything in the book about from the time they came and got me from my house, all the way to when I got found guilty. What I did when I was in jail, my transcript, strip, I put everything in that book. And the whole purpose was the whole purpose for that was to hopefully have that book reach the right hands and somebody read all the violations that occurred in my case, and they could potentially help me. So I put that book out there. I was only planning to write one book. I wasn't trying to write no <laughs> or author, you know what I'm saying yeah. like the, the goal wasn't to become an author or be seen or nothing like that. I'm just trying to get my case out there. Mm-hmm. So I get that book out there. I realize, like I'm, I'm decent at this. I'm going to just keep going because I understand that you got to be consistent too. Like you can't just do one thing and expect people to see you. You got to keep putting it in their face. Yes, so I, mean, sir. I I put mistaken identity out. Then I put mistaken identity part two. That was basically, that's a part two of my story. Like I'm telling about from when I got locked up to where I was at during that day, like everything yeah. I carried during prison, I'm writing it in a book and I got plenty of time to do it. I'm locked in the cell for 20 hours. So I got plenty 20 hours a day. So I, mean, I got plenty of time to do it. Man. So after that, you know, my faith was strengthened again. And I was like, man, you know what? Instead of continuing writing about me, I'm gonna try to encourage somebody while I'm going through what I'm going through. Cause now you know, my faith is, is rising. So I'm like, man, I'm, yeah. not I'm not gonna do this 59 years. So what, I, what I'm gonna start doing is I'm gonna start encouraging people while I'm down. So when they see me get out of this situation, they know it was nothing but God. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to start encouraging them now. So what I start doing, I start writing encouraging books. I wrote two books with poetry, but everything is encouragement though, man. It's always incorporating God in it. It's always talking about like when you're depressed, things you can do to overcome depression. Like everything is motivational, encouragement and inspirational, man. Like that's what I was doing while I was locked up. So I wound up writing seven books, Create my own clothing line. After that, now it's time for the clemency. So, clemencies—I never, I never heard of anybody at this time. I never heard of anybody getting granted a clemency. Mm. So, in my head and where I'm from, we think that's impossible. Right? You know, I'm like, man, the governor—he not gonna—he not gonna grant me no clemency. <laughs> he don't. He well, don't I, right? Read, yeah, like he don't—he don't know me, especially after he read like what they saying I'm doing, like or what they say I've done. Mm-hmm. He don't know me personally, so he can't say that he know me or anything of that nature. So I I didn't believe he was going to give me clemency, but I had a little bit of faith that he would. So uh, we get a new lawyer, man. We fired a lawyer that we have for my, um, my pardon petition, not my pardon petition, my appeal, and we got a new lawyer. So we reach out to the lawyer, we pay him, he write up a petition, send it in to the governor. But, you know, with these clemencies, man, like, it's not just about getting a petition. Like, you got to get, you get your voice heard. Like, you really got to shine a light on your petition so people can help wow. you fight. Because it's not just a one-person fight. You can't just write a petition, send it to the governor, and think he's going to sign it. Nah, mm-hmm. you got to show that you got support. So I was pushing my books on social media, continuing to encourage people through social media, through my people, like, just telling them what to put on social media and things of that nature. And then we put a uh, a petition online through change.org. So that's basically where you- Oh, yeah, petition. that'll do it. Yeah, you put your petition out there, let them know what your violations was and things of that nature. And then people will sign your petition. So I was blessed to meet the girl that I'm dating right now, man. Like she really, she really helped me a tremendous way because honestly, I didn't think I was gonna get 500 signatures. For whatever reason, I don't, I don't even know that many. I don't even know that many people. So I'm like, how can right. I get all these signatures if I don't know all these people? She just like, man, look, let's keep the faith. You know, she she had been in the church too, so she like, man, let's keep the faith. Don't worry about, don't worry about the results. You just do what you can do and let God do the rest. All right, cool. We put this change that whole thing out. We get 500 signatures. So I'm like, okay, we got that quick. The next week, we get a thousand signatures. So I'm blown away by a thousand. I'm like, but I don't even know a thousand <laughs> people. People, I don't even right? even know a thousand people, so I'm blown away by a thousand. So we ultimately wind up getting like 8,900 signatures on the on the, yeah. And this and it didn't reach the news, or so we didn't utilize the news or nothing like that. This is straight social media and people sharing these sharing this petition. Wow. So we got 8,900 signatures. That's a lot. So so yeah, we get that, we send that to the governor. So we get an advocate as well. The advocate get on the case, but she doing everything in her everything in her power to you know get me free and things like that. But it didn't wind up working out. Mm-hmm. And at that time when the advocate come on, I'm like, I right, God sent this advocate to me, so I'm gonna have my faith in her instead of yeah. having my faith in God. So now my eyes are on God no more. I'm listening mm. to what she's said <laughs> so when she say what, what she say goes like when she said the case' looking good, I'm joyful. when she said the case, well she never said the case looking bad, but when she don't say what I want to hear, I'm sad to go down right yeah, so like maybe a couple months after that things won't go on her way, she get off the case, so imagine having your faith taking your faith off. The most high and pitting in somebody and she just get off the case i'm back to my lowest point again like man i don't i don't understand <laughs> like I don't, I don't understand why this keep happening man but i knew and understood that i had to keep my faith man and continue doing what i was doing so around this time it was doing COVID. the governor used to always get on the tv and talk about opening the state, closing the state, whatever he's talking about. So I utilize, I utilize that time to pray over the TV. Like, this is something I never did before. I'm just trying stuff. I'm like, man, look, all right, if God say he real, I'm going to pray over this TV, and I'm going to pray that this governor right here is going to grant my petition. So every mm-hmm. time I see him on TV talking about COVID, I'm not even listening to what he's saying. I got my hand raised to the TV praying and asking God to allow this man to grant my petition. Cause everybody, everybody around me is saying that he's he's not gonna to get to my petition, basically. You know what I'm saying? So I gotta have faith in, I gotta believe that he's gonna grant his petition. So I'm praying. I'm like I even start cussing. Like, I mean, I'm not cursing them but <laughs> nothing. Like, I'm praying. Hey, Brian gonna lie to you. I mean they're off in a straight line. I don't wanna be yeah, like right. nobody that's doing anything negative. Like my faith's so strong, I'm doing everything by the book. So my mom, she was in a, a prayer group um, called How Should We Respond. You know, they're a group that's on social media, man. They're a real, very powerful group. And you know, she explained my situation to them, and they immediately started praying. So I don't I don't know exactly how many days they told us to pray together, but it was a certain amount of days that they told us to wake up at twelve in the morning and begin to pray. It was a group of us. We prayed. And the head, the leader of how shall we respond, said that he sees me walking out of prison. Like this before, this before I got out, he said he sky showed me an image of me walking out of prison with a paper. The mark. same way that the woman did before. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, he said that, but remind you, I've been, I've been let down before by this. But <laughs> these are like these different people. But I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm gonna believe it. I'm gonna believe it. I received I right, cool. So um you know during the election everybody like when you when you in a prison man like you hoping you hoping the Democrats win cuz you know Democrats they are more lenient on people in the prison, you know what I'm saying? Like the Republicans yeah, they kind of mm-hmm. they kind of hard on people in prison, man. So when the uh when the election was going on, we was praying that the Democrat won. So I'm like, man, look, the Democrat gonna win, he going he gonna, he might be the one that let me out. I don't know about this governor that I'm praying, though. But this Democrat win, I know he was governor before. I'm like, I know I got a chance with him. No one's still short. He didn't win. The Republican uh... won. <laughs> the guy, the guy that's talking about like changing everything with prison and keeping people in prison. This guy won. So I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. I still got faith the size of the mustard seed. Like, that never left. Yeah, my faith continued to rise and fall. Rise up. Mm-hmm. So when, when that governor, when that Democrat governor didn't win, I'm like, man, it's, it's going to be tough. So I'm doing all types of stuff, man, trying to pay for new lawyers. I'm spending all my money trying to find different avenues. And it's just a waiting game. So now you know, we got connected with another advocate. You know, she did some things, man. We put got some more on um, signatures on my petition, and now it's like January the twelfth, maybe. I'm gonna put it January the twelfth. So I'm on the phone with my people. I'm on, the, well, on the phone with my girlfriend to be specific. We talking. I'm like, man, I don't know if this governor gonna sign it. But he leave the office January the fifteenth. I don't, I don't know. Like it's getting, it's, it's getting it's getting late. She like, She like, man, baby, let's, let's, let's keep the faith. I don't know if she was as strong. She said she was. But the way she was talking on that phone, like, man, listen, God got this. Let's, let's keep the faith. Let's hold on. I'm like, all right, cool. That night, I got on my knees, man, and I prayed like I haven't prayed before in my life. Like, I don't care who hear me. I don't care who see me. I'm on my knees. I'm praying. Like, in a desperate cry, like, crying bro like giving everything to god like man listen i surrender to you i give you my all man just just get me out of the situation next day i'm landing a the in the phone right, you know that's what we call it in the prison like your bed whatever my counselor come knock at the door so when she knock at the doors she's like mr Bailey, can i talk to you real quick I'm like yeah but so she don't want to talk through the door she want to go downstairs Mind you when a counselor do that man that's bad news Nine times out of 10, it's bad news. So I go down there, she like, can you sit down real quick? I'm like, oh, nah, nah, down. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I ain't sitting down. I'm like, nah, I ain't sitting down. I'm like, just tell me what's going on. See, now I was cool with the people. Like, nah, I I was, I was actually cool with the counselors and all of them, so they knew me. Mm-hmm. So she was like, man, listen, your, um, your pardon was granted. So I'm like, oh, yeah? She's like, yeah. Remind you, like I've been let down so many times I couldn't feel excited because I was so numb. I was so numb to pain that I didn't allow myself to feel anything. I didn't allow myself to feel pain. I didn't allow myself to feel joy. So I was just numb. I was emotionally unavailable, to be honest. So I'm happy, but it's hard for me to show it because that's the first good news that I got in years, man, like 10 years. Right. So that wasn't the kicker, though. She was like, "Nah, there's more." So I'm like, "What's up?" She like, "Not only was your pardon granted, you being released today." <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I got released, man, and I got released two o'clock that day, and it was it was a wonderful feeling, man. Like it was, it was it was great. So God, wow. God showed up for me, man, in, in a mighty way, and I think that the lesson in that situation was the reason why he allowed that advocate to step off that case was because if I had got released through her work, I wouldn't be on here praising God. I'd be on here praising her. Like, ah, yeah, what she did got me out. But man, when she, the way he got me out, like it was, it was no, nobody but him, man. Nobody but him. It was, and, and an impossible task, like, I was the, I just learned this since I've been home. I was the last pardon that was granted. What? The last one. Bruh. Yeah, the last pardon. Wow. So, yeah, God God is great, man. He work in mysterious ways. And yeah, he may not come when we want him to, but he definitely always on time. Always on time. Yeah, wow.
0: And, you know, honestly, like the whole time and to be like completely honest with you, like as you were telling your story, like you were answering all the questions that I, I had already prepared. For yeah. So, um, but, you know, one one scripture that like that immediately popped in my mind, like as you were telling your story, like I was like, let me let me just look it up real quick so that I'm 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 quoting it correctly.
1: Yeah, uh, it's
0: it's Luke uh, chapter one, verse thirty seven for where God, nothing will be impossible. And that's Absolutely. a verse that we kept on hearing in service last weekend. Yes. And so hearing your your testimony. And how, essentially, like, you were able to persevere through all of the, you know, the persecution. You were able to, you know, maintain an integrity and character. And you didn't lose your cool or yeah, submit to is. the circumstances that you were, you know, going through at the time. Like, you were able to walk out. And not only were you able to walk out victorious, but God got all the glory in it. So Absolutely.
1: That's,
0: that's amazing, man. Like, for real, like, I'm just, I'm overjoyed hearing your story. And, like, yeah, I know absolutely. that it's it's definitely something that needs to be to, to be told and shared because there are other people that are you know that are either in the system or are you know fresh out and they don't know like if they're even able to you know do great things and so like if, by sharing your story you know you're giving them hope and you're encouraging them and inspiring them to you know be great so Absolutely. man i'm telling you um i i do want, i do want to ask this like sometimes and you know you mentioned a little bit earlier when you were telling your story, but like you know our we don't realize how powerful our perspective is until like we start to like actually actively think about it so at you know once you were able to you know focus less on the negative and shift your your focus more to the positive, like how did that um you know how how was that better able to keep your your hope up and your faith up as you were you know going through
1: you know the you no know, you know perspective is everything man you know. For those who keep their for those who keep their perspective the same, mm-hmm. the situation will never change. So until huh? you learn the power of your perspective and the way you see things, mm-hmm. the things that you're going through will always continue to occur. So for instance, if you're addicted to anything, if your perspective never changed, you will always find an excuse to continue doing what you're doing. But once your perspective changes, you realize that you are greater than what you're succumbing to. You realize that there are different ways to feel that hold that's in your life, basically. Because that's basically what you're doing when you're addicted to something. You're basically feeling that hold of, of, of pain or you feeling you're trying to substitute the pain with something else. Mm-hmm. So yep. basically, man, when, you're, when you change your perspective, you become enlightened to a lot of things, man. And you'll be, you'll be surprised how powerful or how quick your situation changes once your perspective changes.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's very, very well put. Yeah. And, you know, uh, me personally, like, especially, like, when it comes to adversity, like, especially, like, as Black men, a lot of times we'll try and deal with this stuff on our own and exactly. not really, you know, lean on someone else or seek support. Like, um, you know, we're just, that's just the way that we are. Like, sometimes, you know, that's just our mindset and how we were yeah. raised and how the media sh- tells us that we should go about Absolutely. certain situations. But, um, you know, it, it really is amazing that you were able to, again, shift your perspective, but also get the necessary support that you needed in order to Get to where you needed to go, like surrounding yourself with like-minded people yeah. that had the same, same or higher level of faith than you at that that moment in time. Like that was crucial for you. Like that Absolutely. really did. That really did help you, you know, stay grounded and focused. And um, yeah, it, I'm. I'm, yeah, I'm at honestly, I'm at a loss for words. I mean, Just another thing,
1: like as far as my perspective, like before, like the first, not when I met the girl I'm talking to now, but once we start really corresponding, I was telling her like, man, I'm coming home next year. Every See? <laughs> him I tell her, listen, like when you're in prison, you got 59 years or a life sentence. You tell them people, when you tell the ones who don't really love you, that amount of time, the amount of time you have, they oh, yeah. run off.
0: They'll give off on
1: you. Yeah, so in my head, I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta, lots of these people basically, to keep them around. So every time she asked me, what was wow. going on with your case? You know, She'd been wanting to help. But I'm telling her, like, man, nah, I got to. Everything's good. I'm coming home next year. Like, my lawyer said I'd be home next year. So it got to a point where she looked it up herself and seen <laughs> all of my appeals denied. So now it's time to really have this conversation. Like, tell me what's really going on, man. I done looked it up. Mm. I seen all your pills denied. What's going on? How can I help? Like, I can only help you if you allow me to help you. Huh. That allowed me to shift my perspective to like, I'm blocking a lot of blessings by lying to these people. Okay, if I'm, if I tell this person the truth and they leave, then they're they not for me in the first place. So I gotta learn how to be truthful and, and allow people to help because like growing up, man, I never really, I was always not from family nothing like that, but going through my situation, it was always a time when I allowed somebody to help me and it came to a point where they threw it in my face, basically. You know what I'm saying?
0: Bro, you you preaching to the choir right now. Yeah, so, <laughs> I've been so
1: going so going through that, I'm like, no, I'm not going through that no more. So I'm going I'm to find another way to keep them around. You know what I'm saying? If I got to lie to them or whatever the case may be, I'm going to find another way because I've been disappointed so many times. But, um, yeah, like I said, when I met her, man, she really allowed me to change my perspective. And when I told her the truth, she didn't run. She helped me and she she stood down for me the whole time, man. So that that really played a major part. Yeah.
0: I'm at a lost words for real. Like, yeah, yeah. This is this is really this is really uh awe-inspiring story and like it's I'm just I'm just grateful again that you know we connected and we had this opportunity to do yeah. this. But um, you know, we're drawing near to the conclusion of this interview um again if anybody would like to you know get in contact with mr bailey you know uh purchase one of his books you know learn more about what what he's doing with his upcoming projects definitely feel free to follow him on uh social media um do you you have a link to your books like is it where is it oh yeah
1: you can just go on on amazon and just type in my name kentray bailey and all seven books will pop up okay All right, perfect, perfect, perfect.
0: Um, So before, you know, before we get off of here, um, what's one piece of advice or encouragement you would give to others who are currently going through hardship? They might not be going through a uh, similar situation as you, well, the exact situation as you, but they might be going through something similar. So like what piece of advice or encouragement would you give to, you know, another fellow young black man?
1: The main thing you must understand, man, is the season of adversity is always temporary. You gotta understand mm. that it's a temporary season. So during that season, don't try to do anything besides embrace it. Embrace that season. Cause it's always a lesson in the things that we're going through. Mm-hmm. So don't try to put it in the back of your mind or anything of that nature. Embrace the season. Understand that it's temporary. And no one understand that that's because we have God in our lives doesn't mean that our situation isn't going to exist like we're that's because we're christian doesn't mean that we won't have hardships doesn't mean that we won't struggle with certain things it just basically means that god is going to sustain us through whatever we're going through so understand that man it's a temporary season continue to pray continue to keep the faith continue to be who you are and do whatever you're doing to become a better you and in due season man in god time he would change that situation around for
0: you. Very well said. And I'll, to pick it back off of that, like your things will always get harder, but they're not. Things will get better, but it's not always going to be easier. Like, Absolutely. You just gotta. You just gotta continue to endure and trust that whatever it is that you're going through, like it's going to make you a better person Absolutely. in the long run. So, again thank you thank you so so much uh mr bailey for sharing your story um next friday um for those that are for the the gentlemen that are tuned in we will be hosting a international men's day celebration next friday november 18th at 7 p.m mr bailey said that he will be there so i'm (laughs) looking forward to him coming out and sharing uh his testimony again with some of the some of the men that we will be honoring and uh you know if you guys are interested in attending definitely feel free to shoot me a dm um for those that are tuned in that aren't already following our social media page you can follow us at King's Tales official on instagram definitely give us a follow that's where most of our updates and new interviews will be posted so um yeah that pretty much concludes today's interview once again mr Bailey, thank you so much for coming out i definitely appreciate you sharing your story thank with you. us and uh we'll definitely you know we'll continue to stay connected thank you everyone for tuning in um, again this is King Stills. I'm your host, Rick Shege. And that's all I got for tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, my brother. Take care.
1: Uh, you too.